Well, it's the friend zone. Where Tim and Guy come to the friend zone and have a good time. Yes, it's the friend zone. With Tim and Guy, cause making friends is the best idea of all time. And, and we're live. And we're rolling. Hello, welcome along to this, uh, the last of the summer wine friend zone. I imagine not because Tim and I are ceasing to be friends or running out of wine. No, it's just, it's a beautiful day here in sunny Auckland, New Zealand. And uh, it feels as though this is summer's last because it's been quite a wet week. This is a real message in a bottle. In the great words of Sting. Probably not appropriate to describe the current situation. The message in the bottle thing for me is more like, you haven't heard from us for a while, we're, we're chucking a message out there. Well, actually, if you give me a chance, I was going to quote uh, popular musician Sting. Oh. Are you doing it now? I'll be watching you. Oh, okay. Terrifying. That was the Sting quote I wanted. I'll be watching you. That's what you want to let everyone know who's still subscribed to our podcast stream, which at this point, you're, you're a, God's, a God's honest hero if you're still okay, subscribed. Okay, that's interesting. I agree. But also, uh, scarcity. We have made ourselves just scarce enough that this, this could be it. intriguing. This is it. Because here was the, the thing about the podcast, right? The worst idea of all time. It starts off, and uh, if you got in at the ground floor... You know, early in season one, all you felt, you felt pretty good. You were like, you know what? I reckon these boys have got something. They don't quite have it yet, but I can see something <laughs> up here. And then you're a long with, three year wait with the like with the likes of the uh, the 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 Vice dot com interviews and the uh, you know propulsion into internet stardom. A few more lectures on come in and they go, I'm part of something here, I'm part yeah. of something. And then by the end of the um, third season, you know, I think even you and I thought that we had gotten a bit long in the tooth. So you know what we did? We bl- we put it on the windowsill. We put that potty on the windowsill and we waited for everyone to lose interest. We <laughs> waited for the temperature to just sort drop of, off. It's like what Jack White's done with his music career. Absolutely. Where he came out with a bang and everyone was like, this is incredible. And then he sort of, yeah, oh, actually no, everyone was like, wow, this guy's got potential. And then it was like, this guy's incredible. And then, no one asked for him to. No one asked for him not to, but he did keep going. Yes, he did. And it's, now, the, it's literally <laughs> the perfect analogy. What do you think he's doing right now, Jack White, at this very moment? Uh, smoking a cigarello, drinking a bowl latte, ironically. Um, I think consuming food and drink, ironically, is probably the funniest thing a human can do in their lives. <laughs> <laughs> how much spite and contempt do you have to have for the modern order of things that you're putting stuff into your mouth with irony? It's beautiful. It's so good, isn't it? It's <laughs> that is. I'm consu- uh, today. I'm consuming a bowl latte, but rest assured, I am doing so ironically. <laughs> I am Jack Black, the world's greatest artist. Jack, it just looks like you're drinking a oh, big wait, milky Jack- coffee. I meant Jack White, but Jack Black probably would do that for a gag as well. <laughs> yeah, but see, Jack White does it, ironically, in privacy. Mm. Jack Black would only do it on camera. A live stream. And that's the difference between black and white. Oh, nice. It's good to have you back on a microphone, Guy Montgomery. And in a different form than I have been used to have, that I haven't been seeing the last week. 
I've been watching you on the stage. Oh, yes. Yeah. Star of stage and screen. That's you, Guy Montgomery. Well, that's actually Rose Mutterfeuer's. I love that turn of phrase. And Rose Mutterfeuer's used it as a promotional uh, gambit on her poster. And that I was, poster is fucking it's awesome. Bang it hot, isn't it? Is it based on like the old um, sort of tourism posters for places like Samoa? No, it's actually it's based on a draft of a poster I showed her in secret. Oh, no. Yeah. For your show. Uh, yeah, you were so, gonna. Were you gonna put a, a photo of yourself or of Rose? Of Rose on your poster. All Rose's name, uh, show t- like everything specific every, to Rose. Everything that I've seen uh, that was your poster design for your show. Were you engaging that ironically? No, no, I was doing that in earnest. Oh right, to advertise your comedy show. Yeah, and that was gonna beg Rose to yes. recommend to the people who go to her show to check out my show. That is fucking genius. I wish I'd done that when Jimmy Carr came to town in Auckland. People love Jimmy Carr. Yes, they do. I loved him. When I first saw him, he was the host of that TV show, Distraction. Do you remember that? British when, game uh, show. Did they sort of tickle your balls or something and you had to keep talking? Yeah. Or uh, what was sort it? Sort of different contestants who were just British people who were open to, sort of, you know, like skewed slightly younger, open to public humiliation, would uh, do various, they'd have to answer basic quiz questions or sort of information like that while various different uh, states of embarrassment were thrust upon them. And Jimmy Carr would sort of put... They'd inevitably do poorly, and Jimmy Carr would thrive as he would just put them down as soon as they did something wrong. What kind of states of embarrassment are we talking about? What, informational exchange, or were people being disrobed? No, 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 so they're they're being disrobed occasionally, or like just... uh, Embarrassing photos being revealed No, 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 not so mental. More just like to embarrass you. Okay. Something that would throw your concentration off while you're trying to answer we've simple got, questions. We've got a 53-year-old mum from Essex in, and we're going to ask her about titty clubs to try and embarrass her on the show. No. Am I in the ballpark? You are so far from the ballpark. You're sh- practicing on a different sports field. The sport I that just, I'm playing, I but just, you're just so confused. Can't get my head around what the show is. You're pitching baseballs. On an ice hockey rink. I really want to know what distraction is now. I'm sure there's a Wikipedia. Can you give me, like, let's put you under pressure because maybe that'll crystallise the idea. 30-second right. sort of pitch. What is the format of distraction, guy? Basic quiz show, but the twist is that the contestants are all subdued to various different sort of bits of uh, physical embarrassment while they answer simple questions. And we have a professional comedian who's very good at roasting who will lambast them with sort of asides and one-liners as soon as they inevitably slip up. It's a can't-miss prospect. We'll export it to New Zealand, played at about 10pm, I think on a Friday on ch- on Channel 2, which is like BBC 2. You'll probably notice I've got a New Zealand accent. And time. That was really good. I'm with you now. Um. So I've been I've been seeing you on the stage recently, Guy. You've been we we went to Christchurch and did some shows back to back, to varying levels of success. Well, the first one was a disaster, wasn't it? Because we both started talking at the same time, and I think it was then that we realised. Well, you've got to try these things because how are you to know before you kick in how something's going to go? Well, and so while we do have to honour the marketing materials by remaining physically back to back during the performances, what we would do is we'd both stand there for two hours, mm. and we'd we'd speak an hour at a time. It was one of the worst gigs I've taken part in. And the audience didn't care for it at all either. No. But, once again, one must try these things. Mustn't one. Well, two must, actually. <laughs> this is true. If it's back-to-back. If you're going back-to-back, um, but just by yourself, what are you doing? You are, you are the personification of one hand clapping. Mmm. 
Almost. <laughs> Get a load of that one, eh? True, true over that one, podcast fans. And uh, and now it's your opportunity to tell us how how you're doing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I trust to. Am I a podcast fan or am I a guy? No, we're listening. They're talking. Now. Okay, sorry, sorry to speak over you. Mm-hmm. Oh, dicey, dicey. That's fair. All right, hey, let what, me just validate what, you, what you're and feeling. About what did that. you say? Well, you can't say that anymore. <laughs> you certainly can't. Yeah, well, I'd, I'd sooner just uh, end the conversation. To be honest, if you're going to be like that. Oh, but look, I I just want to say I see where you're coming from. You know, I understand why you've got. You know, you, couldn't you're disagree grossly. more. I understand. Guy doesn't, but Timbo's got your back. Timbo's got your back. Um, that's what I've got. Back to back with Tim Bat. That is next year's show. What I do is I pick out one person in the front row because um, when you go to a comedy show, everyone hates sitting in the front row because they're afraid they'll get, you know, referenced. Lampooned. They are concerned they'll get lampooned. And some comedians do that, and I detest the ones who do because they're ruining it for everyone else. Uh, you can still have an audience involved without being this is without embarrassing absolutely. them. Absolutely. But you, you're speaking specifically about people who are bad at it. There are some comedians who go, I'm going to do crowd work, but I am so scared, the only thing I can do is put them down in a sort of public arena bullying spectacular. But they're just it'll just be crass, bad commentary at an audience member, and I don't care for that. So what I'm going to do next to your show, back-to-back back with Tim Bat, is I'm going to select someone from the front row, row and they're going to uh, go back-to-back back with me as I uh, do the entire show for an hour. They're going to speak? No, no, no. They will be like Physically back like we were. Exactly. Okay. I'm going to involve well, someone who isn't a comedian so they can get a sense of the thing. Didn't work last week. I see no reason why it would suddenly work a year from now. Who's the um, the, the British talk show host with this slight speech impediment? Where he Jonathan R- Ross. It's a, such an endearing... Because I, I just did it by accident there. But I'm kind of... Um, I'm pondering maybe... Changing your speech. Is that appropriation? If I grab a speech impediment because I think it's... It's like, you know, charming. Uh, that's a good question, actually. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. It doesn't. I think if it you say it out loud beforehand, then it is. And if it isn't, then you can see how it goes. And if anyone says anything, you can plead ignorance. I've got a wee weird twuck. You know, it's just fun to. But you wouldn't say that anyway. No, I wouldn't. I was trying to desperately think of a sentence I would say with some, some R's in there, and I just I choked. <laughs> I really did. One of those starts with a W. Oh, here's, here's, a tricky, here's a trick shot for you. Written, because it's got W-R. A well-written piece. Yeah. It's just that if you slacken the mouth a little bit, it's nice. Well, it's, it's nice similar to, to the way that Elmer Fudd spoke. That's right. When he was hunting, hunting wabbits. I think I think I might give it a go, guy. I think that might be me from here on in. Sounds not like not while I'm on a microphone, mind you, but in day to day conversation, I want everyone to know out there that I, you know, I will take the hat off once it's the mic's probably, on. Yeah, I'm yeah, a, I'm be, a broadcasting there's a, there's pro. There's a skill in it because you would imagine you soften if someone has a like a soft speech impediment like that because you think it's disarming, isn't it? Yeah, it's very disarming, and it would probably you know it could be quite a potent weapon as an interviewer. Because Is this you'd, the secret you'd, to Jonathan Ross's success? Who's to say? I think the it's I think it's dogged persistence and uh, probably some good luck and talent, and then yeah, the speech the speech affectation probably didn't hurt either. 
We're really just shooting the breeze, aren't we? Yeah, absolutely. This is um, ordinarily the space that a friend zone would occupy, but I'm I'm going to rename this. Uh, this this is the last of the summer wine. Last of the summer wine. <laughs> would that be a an additional sort of sequential thing, or just a one-off thing that's called last of the summer wine? We should record a podcast, feel- which is just you know through the year our relationship to the summer wine. The what, same of- bottle? We do it in shots no. or something. Watch it no, age no, no, or- no. Just, you know, it's a wine forecast and retrospective. Right. Like a podcast. Last of the summer wine. Almanac. Forthcoming summer wine. We could do it with a, a H-W-H-I-N-E and uh, <laughs> talk about our gripes. It's not a segment on a sort of new age current affairs show. But it could be. Anything can be anything. Any, anything can be anything. That's the beauty of it, Guy. Um, what's what's been happening since last we caught up with you, guy? You're missing a few teeth. Yeah, I got sick. You got in a big fight with a uh, with a virus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got um, tonsillitis. I, I saw a GP in New Zealand, and he said, "What you have is a virus." And I said, "All right, mate." And he said, "You'll be all right in two or three days." And then two or three days later, Tim, I was worse. Yeah, much worse. I saw you. So I saw a GP. In Brisbane, and he said, you've got bacterial tonsillitis. Have some antibiotics. Which people are, uh, people, if you tell people you're going to take antibiotics, they go, they're so bad. But I love them. I think people's concern with antibiotics isn't you taking them. Yeah. Yeah. Guy Montgomery's okay. He's on the white list. (laughs) Uh, And then so I took those for a few days and I started feeling better, which is why I think that they're good. But then, my, yeah, my wisdom teeth. My teeth, two teeth, started growing through my gums as Wee loudly howdy. as possible. Don't you think all teeth are doing that, though? Yeah, but these ones... Or do they no, go back in? Uh, From whence they came, they're treating an Audi as an innie. You know sharks have a lifetime supply of teeth? What do you... Oh, yeah. Yeah, dude. Shark, sharks, they've got like up to 20,000 teeth in their lifetime. Yeah. And this, their skin, this, this, yes. you know sharks are programmed for silence? Like even their skin mean? is adjusted so that they can uh, move through the water. No, they've got no, none of their organs make any noise. They Shit. move through the water silently. silently. The silent sea killer. I didn't know that. That's amazing. Wait a minute. Am I, am I to believe that other, other sea creatures produce sound? Yeah, you ever heard a, I don't know, you ever heard an octopus? I haven't heard an octopus. I reckon, an, I, I, hand on heart. Octopus, the most fascinating living thing. They're so smart. Have you read that? Crazy smart. They're smarter than dolphins. Really? Probably. They're so nuts. I can't remember if this was about um, octopi or mushrooms, but um, one of those two things, they're like, the DNA is so different from anything else. It must be mushrooms, actually, I think. Certain kind of fungi. Maybe just fungi generally. That what? It's so alien that it's like this is confusingly different to everything else we have here. You know sharks are older than trees from an evolutionary standpoint? Trees got here after sharks. That's wild. That's not to say that there are sharks from that time still alive today. No, nor trees. But we wouldn't necessarily know. Such massive chunks of the ocean remain unexplored. And God knows how much oil there is down there. It's ridiculous. We've got to go get it. Don't you see, everybody? We've got to go go and get that oil. Imagine riding a shark. How fun would that be? Riding a silent killer through the ocean. Nah, scary. 
Oh, it'd be so good if you could strap in somehow. You know, it'd be like riding a horse, but so much better because it wouldn't have you that would kind of up drown. and downy thing. The pace at which the shark would move and the amount of water you'd consume. You don't have a snorkel. You don't have a face mask. Oh. It's just <laughs> you riding a shark. Oh, okay. I thought I thought there was a small bit of apparatus involved. You'd but. drown, and then your body would decompose on the back of the shark while you're still strapped in, and yeah. eventually its friends would come over and rip you limb from limb. Oh, boy. You'd be dead by then. I'd be met with a grisly end in the ocean. Poseidon's playground, they call it. Do you know what uh, Poseidon's kitchen is? The rock pools? The tropical nation of Fiji. <laughs> True story. That's where he goes to cook. It's quite fun mm. to think of uh, different land masses as rooms in Poseidon's house. <laughs> so I'll tell you what I was doing uh, since last we met. Thanks for asking, Guy. When I got myself married, uh, you, you assisted. You really did us a solid there. Came in, big part of the day. Yeah, well, thanks for asking me. I, did, well, I didn't assist uh, legally. No, but that's all right. Ceremoni- ceremonially. Yeah. It was a beautiful day, wasn't it? Most important part. Um Guy was co-celebrating. Is that the verb of celebrant? Yeah, there are only two of us celebrating. Celebrating. A lot of angry punters. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. People were furious at the what I thought was a beautiful union between myself and Zoe. But um, those in attendance, close friends and family, absolutely ropeable yeah. at the whole affair. We paid a lot of money. Uh, we had put a lot of work into planning the day. It's like organising uh, your own protest, really, wasn't yeah, it? But against yourself rather than for a cause yeah, you believe yeah, yeah. in, which is an outrageous thing. Well, yeah, it was devastating. But aside from that, it was a beautiful day. Yeah, the weather was good, that's for sure. If I'm going to get yelled at um, by people I've invited, you know, I'd rather do it out of the rain if it's all the same. Oh, hear those native birds. Good bird noise, isn't it? That is like... Uh, that's like a recording from Apple or some shit. Yeah, with the national radio. Yeah. What if other countries have this? Our, so our state broadcaster, our radio station, Radio New Zealand National, uh, they do bird songs, what, every hour? Is it? Yeah, before the news they do a different uh, bird song and they tell native you which bird. bird it is. What a great idea that someone just came up with that at some point. They were like, you know what we could do? Biff on some bird. There is a lot of good ideas. There are a lot of good ideas happening on public radio. Yeah. Name three that aren't the bird song thing. Every second week, they'll call me up and ask me what I think about the conflict in the Middle East. Yeah. One of the greatest ideas any broadcaster anywhere has had before. I have a lot of takes. Yeah, yeah. We don't get into them on the podcast often or at all because we just felt like delineating you know, yeah. the spaces. But you should hear, guys... <laughs> incredibly contentious takes on so what's happening the, in the Middle East. That's the best idea that public radio has ever had. The second would be the bird calls that we were just talking about. Why? Sure. That's a fantastic idea. And the third is uh, no ads because, you know, the government can't be seen to supporting to be supporting any specific commercial enterprise over another. And uh, it's just nice to have a space which is exclusively for sort of uh, New Zealand-focused. Yeah, ruminating on the Middle East. Informed, balanced, uh, sort of... Radio and journalism. I might be going to the Middle East ever so briefly, touching down in Tehran, Iran, where I have a friend who's moved there. Yeah, that'd be so cool. It would be so cool. Actually, I'm more acquaintances with the same friend, mm. and uh, I got him lick it up one night and sort of greased the social wheels to so the point that he said to in. me, yeah, yeah. You should drop in. He's a, he's a great guy. Yeah, well, I'd love to go and speak publicly over there. Oh, <laughs> 
<laughs> well, look. <laughs> Do you know what? I think you should you should plan that one out. Put it on a bit of paper and have a chat to some experts and yeah, see man. what they have to say about that guy. I think that's something you need to talk out a little bit before it happens. I'm trying to. Just running with it. You know Talking it out on national radio. Yep, yep. Tuesdays, 4.30 p.m. Oh, boy. Uh, so that's, that is huge, though, Tim. Your wedding was uh, the greatest wedding I've been to. The speeches, truly unbelievable. Thank you. It was a staggeringly good wedding. Thank you. This, um, it's incredible to think that the podcast is older than the relationship which turned into a marriage, isn't it? Ah, oh, that is uh, certainly an interesting <laughs> bit of framework. <laughs> well, I think it's important to, um, that this isn't just a completely self-indulgent, uh, you know, rort of everyone's time guy. And what I'm trying to do is, uh, you know, bring it back home. Oh, you're smart. You know? This is what I'm saying. A lot of people um, giving us a heads up that Cynthia Nixon uh, is in the gubernatorial race for the great state of New York. And uh, I tell you what, if King Brady was going to make a play, this is classic him, isn't it? Yeah. This is classic him. Pretty transparent stuff, to be completely honest. Uh, I am surprised that virtually no one, save for a few uh, brave political figures on Twitter who have gotten in touch directly with us to alert us to this have you know seen and started talking about this i mean the evidence is all there yeah connect the dots people yeah it's all waiting for what do you, you want do you want us to literally pick up a vivid and connect the dots for you we've drawn the picture it's so clear the dots are less than a centimeter apart you can look you can you can see what it is and it's brady it's always been brady. And it's horrible well. scrawl of a of a script and it just says world domination. But I like the way that he's going about it because it's not sort of with an iron fist. He's using the political systems we've put in to, you know, against us. It's, it's brilliant. And I, you know, personally, I look forward to um, bowing down in front of our rat faced masters. Yeah, yeah, I think. Uh, yeah, you're going to be right in the belly of the beast guy. You're absolutely. based over there I'll now. Be back we might be. In May, hopefully, just in time for the tide change. They say change is as good as a holiday. Mm hmm. But what if the change is uh, Brady grabbing the reins of power through a political back door vis-a-vis Cynthia Nixon becoming governor of New York? Wow. Is that a holiday to you? Tim, you know, where, it's a where, there's, where there's Brady, Dickbot can't be far behind. I mean, God knows how this guy's going to manifest. Yeah. I call him a guy. He's more of an artificial intelligence cyborg. Mm. I think he's going to emerge out of this whole Facebook mess. That's what I think. Everyone's everyone's a bit um a bit peed off. Yeah. A bit PO'd at Facebook at the moment. I think what's happened is they've accidentally created Dickbot in their labs with he all those computers. Lives amongst together. the skyscrapers of data. Yeah, he's in there. Uh, certainly, uh, I yeah. reckon, I'm not sure if we've sort of gone to his birth, but I reckon that'd be that I'd put my money on there. Facebook. I think he was. Was Maybe it was, it, was there a collaboration between the Japanese and the USSR or the Russians? Yeah, not, I'd have not to Mark make, Zuckerberg, Dickbot. <laughs> <laughs> Although I'd have to go back through the history books and the yeah. annals of history um, because I can't remember off the top of my head exactly where the truth lies with that one. Yeah, it's a trouble. You say things you don't remember them, but you listen to things you remember them a little bit better. We yeah. never listened to the. Um, to the worst idea because we were making it yeah we lived it man we were there I don't need to go back you don't watch video footage of your World Cup defeats no that's right 
you learn from them, but you don't watch them. Guy and I watched um, another one of what, what's his name again? The uh, filmmaker who Neil deGrasse Tyson. No, no, no. <laughs> Neil something. Do you know it? Neil Breen, the Breen Machine. We've been getting into Neil Breen's back catalogue, and uh, we actually watched. Uh, oh crap! What is it called? Fortunate Places. I can't remember. It was it's one of the freakiest place. things I've ever seen. And I've bloody, I've got, you know what I've gone and done? I've gone and I looked everywhere, high and low. <clears throat> Dick Bot stole the recording of that one, for sure. He plucked it from the computer, and that's gone. So we're going to watch that one again. In um, Melbourne, actually. Yeah, we should do that. We'll lock ourselves into it. We should, we should watch a few things in Melbourne. I've got you on the record now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, by all means. I mean, we're both going to be there. We will be. And uh, when you're in a different city, I find your daytime is... Uh, you treat things, time, You get. A, I get a bit more efficient, actually, I think, when I'm away. Yeah, I become somehow even more inefficient. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, okay. I struggle to break into a routine. I treat every day like a holiday. Uh, it honestly decimates my ability to achieve anything. Is that the change aspect, is why you're treating it as a holiday? No, I think it's a lack of self-discipline and control. Oh, okay. <laughs> Fair enough. But all that's to say... Amongst uh, the sort of unraveling of my ability to achieve anything by daylight, mm. by night we're both going to be there for the Melbourne Comedy Festival. The Melbourne International Comedy Festival. You missed out the key word. For we are Kiwis infiltrating the beautiful land of Australia to show our comedy wares to ones and tens of people at a time. Who it, knows? It's going to be stunning. And it's actually happening very soon. Up to 19. Could be any number of people. Yeah, it's happening uh, from... How big is your room? It fits 19 people in there. 67 people could, at any point, watch the show simultaneously. No or more? 68 if it's a fire. No risk. less. Definitely less. There will be nights when... I will less. only perform to one number. 67. 67. Is it a prime? Feels like one. Probably. You can't divide it by three. No, nor two, nor four. Nothing even. 13? Nope. Fuck. I've got to jump through so many hoops to multiply 13. I'm multiplying 10 first, and then I'm also multiplying 3, and then I'm adding the results of those two equations. Yeah, that's how you do it, isn't it? Can't people do it at the same time? So we're going to be at the Melbourne International Comedy Festival so soon. I have sold very few tickets because I kind of, and amongst all the other little projects I'm doing at the moment, kind of forgot to promote my show guy. What a classic... Well, it's Era. a good thing there's this brilliant uh, conversation we've just had on the record. Oh, my God. Through which you can ferry the information. What's your show called? It's an abuse of power is what we're engaging in. And the show is called My Outrage is Better Than Your Outrage. It's a good title. I, play a dr- I bought a drum kit for it. The drum kit cost me several hundred dollars <laughs> and it has cost me, again, several hundred more dollars to transport to the great cities of uh, Melbourne, Australia, <laughs> Sydney, Australia, <laughs> Wellington and Christchurch here in New Zealand. And I, I, I tell you what, I can't really play the drums. Well, I tell you what, if nothing else, it should be a good opportunity to learn. <laughs> yeah, 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 definitely. Get and some I, time. I look forward to seeing sort of the finished or the 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 uh, latest version of the show, whereby I imagine it'll be very drum heavy. Yeah, it's You'll all. Be it's going to be mis- all drums. Misguidedly confident and eager to see value for money on Future. the investment. Got to get a return. Uh, it's a good show, though. I've seen it. Thank you, guy. I saw your show as well, and it was excellent. Well, thank you. My show's called Guy Montgomery Doesn't Check His Phone for an Hour. And that's all we'll say about it. If you want to buy tickets and you're in Melbourne or you know anyone in Melbourne who'd want to see this, these shows, just Google our names and, and Melbourne. Melbourne.
and it uh, you'll it's good. It's truly good. that simple. Um, I'm gonna chuck. A, uh, I wonder what the next Patreon was actually in order. It'll be one that we did ages and ages ago up on this stream to have a little episode of something, and then onto the Patreon. Um, we'll be we'll be reviewing the Breen Machine. Um, we're gonna have to watch that same movie again. It's something places. It is a terrifying piece of cinema. <laughs> You guys got to get on board with Neil Breen because he is yeah. he's churning out content at a rate of knots and he's not taking no for an answer. And of, I, I assume he's hearing it a little bit. One of the main uh, motifs I felt like he very uh, ham-fistedly tried to weave through that film was the information that he is not a pedophile. <laughs> yes, I remember having that uh, that conversation during the record I'm sure we'll bring Seems that up like again a very interesting point to make so insistently it's so funny when you are a writer director producer and star of your own film for and you and doing catering let's yeah, we forget yeah, under a pseudonym when you are then inserting <laughs> under a pseudonym <laughs> shows up as a different character it's, it's, to give you guys Neil we need you on set right now I'm not Neil <laughs> I'm wearing my other hat. I'm Brian. Literally. The cook. It's you want so, the cook to direct your movie? I don't. It's like a tax dodge or something because he tells you in the credits, he goes, any company with the initials uh, uh, NB is Neil Brain. And it's like, you've given us the clue to unlock the door. Why not just put your own name if For you For your reference, do that? literally every listed member of the credits. Yeah. It's like, you know, casting support, such and such company. It's just. It's insane. The guy, to walk around in that brain for 15 minutes, man, the things you would see. No, thank you. But he provides so many opportunities um, through the vehicle of a 15, 16-year-old girl who keeps, like, hitting on him, and he's like, no, I'm a good man. Yeah. And it's like, Neil, <laughs> you're coming on pretty fucking yeah, strong Neil, with that song and dance. Neil, you're literally making this 15-year-old girl hit on you. Yeah, exactly. You've constructed the whole edifice. You don't get credit for that, mate. My uh, God. And the first time he does it, you're like, eh, a little on the nose, but I, I see he's got a moral compass. And by the fourth, you're like, come on, Neil, no one's buying this anymore. <laughs> Stop talking about it. Anyway, so uh, a more fleshed out version of that conversation to look forward to. Oh, what a tease. What a great tease, hey? What a beautiful tease. Um, how do you get to the Patreon, I hear you ask? I'm pretty sure you go patreon.com slash worst idea. I think that's the URL. And that's where we put the things, the things you see. Yeah. There's some videos on there of live performances that we did uh, in America, for example. You're dealing with a married man now, guy. I'm going to get my head on a swivel, get this thing back up and you, running. You're a, you're a smart man, Tim. You're a married that's man. That's not true. The last 36 hours are testament to that. I've been struggling my way through a little video project, everyone. Yeah. And uh, it's not been going well. And then yesterday, because quite honestly, the best bar in Auckland shut down and I went, fuck all of this. I went at 6 p.m. and danced my heart out in the rain for six hours. Came home, went That's to bed. exactly, uh, that, that's good for what ails you sometimes. That's what you need to do. I probably did need it. Um, what I'd like to say is this. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening. We'll and thank you to soon. the Golden the next, Dawn yeah, for yeah. existing. Uh, and come and see us in Melbourne. Yeah, uh, and this is the la- this has been the last of the of the summer wine, uh, and next time you hear a regular friend zone, and we'll see you in Melbourne. This is our outro music. Oh yeah. The